Good morning. Welcome to the Bond Sunday Morning Services. I'm Jesse Lee Peterson. Thank you so much for uh, being a part of it. Um, if you'd like to tune in, you can call 1-800-411-BOND, 1-800-411-2663. If you'd like to participate in the service, you can also email us, church at bondinfo.org, church at bondinfo.org, and put your name and town, name and town on your emails. Uh, good morning, everybody here. It's Christmas time. Do you feel like Christmas? No? Nobody feel like Christmas? I tell people, Merry Christmas already. Are you saying Merry Christmas to folks? Yeah. I went to a, a store the other day, a clothing store, and I, I made the teller say Merry Christmas. <laughs> I'm like, Merry Christmas. Are you allowed to say it? They're like, yeah, we can say it. I, Let me hear it. <laughs> and then they say, Merry Christmas. Because, because in some places, I don't think the employees are allowed to say Merry Christmas. Isn't that true? Yeah. You guys don't know or what? You haven't ran into that yet? Uh, I'm sorry? Uh, I was returning something. <laughs> but anyway, I had the uh, honor of, of um, speaking at George Putman's funeral service yesterday. And George is, uh, for those that don't know, out of the state of Cal on, the, on the other side of California is that George is, uh, was a, uh, t a newscaster, right. right, and a radio talk show host as well. Right. And um, I got to know George uh, some years ago by getting involved in the uh, illegal immigration rallies, the movement that we, were, that we were involved in, and George was heavily involved in that as well. And um, the one thing that I, I said at this meeting and, and that I realized uh, that I liked about George Putman is that I think he died at 90-something, right, Pat? 94 years old. He lived to be 94. And up until the last breath in his body, he participated in his country. You know, he, he, you know how sometimes with older generation, when people get older, they tend to fade out and they bring in other new reporters and younger reporters. Well, George Putman was there up until the end. And the reason for that is because he was a man of great courage. He had no fear. And so he wasn't afraid to tell the truth. You know, he just stayed with truth and endured what he had to endure. Uh, some people call him a racist and all kind of stuff. But he wasn't afraid, and he did not have fear. He was like from the old school. When men were men, boys were boys and men were men, he had no fear. So he had a full life. And because he had no fear, he also, uh, he was a happy guy. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. A person with no fear, they have great challenges that they deal with, but they also have a happy life. You know, they're carefree and happy. And George was a, a happy man up until the very, just very end of his life. And I don't know too many people today who are living that way, without fear, and uh, dealing with the, you know, their country with real issues, but yet they're happy, carefree people. And I like that about him. Another thing I liked about George Putman is that uh, he, uh, he wasn't afraid of women. He was from the old school. 
And in good old days, men were not afraid to compliment a woman. You know, you see a woman that looked nice, you say, oh, you look very nice, very beautiful, right? You weren't afraid of being called a molester or rapist or, or that kind of stuff. George did not give in to that. I remember I, I was at several meetings with him over the years, and, and uh, he would make these comments about women. He would introduce some of them at an event or something, and he would just say, oh, if I was only younger, you know? <laughs> and he wasn't afraid. And it just, it's not, it's not unnatural for men to compliment women. But now, in, t- in today's society, you know, men are afraid to look at a woman too long for fear of being called, um, what did it call you? A rapist or something. Yeah, such a predator. I mean, harassment. And, and so, but George didn't give in to that. And I, don't, I guess he just said, you know what, call me what you want. I see a beautiful woman, I'm going to compliment her. So I, I really appreciated him for his courage. And then also he was really good to our organization, to Bond. He really helped us anytime we wanted to be on the show. We could just go on his radio show. It would call us, but if we had issues we wanted to get out there, it was, it was set up where we could just call in and say we want to come on and talk about it. No problem. He would have us on at any time. And I'm sitting there with all these people that was involved in his life, and, you know, other reporters and people that have gotten older now, become older, but they dealt with the issues of life. Uh, and I was thinking, wow, what a blessing. I can't believe I'm sitting among these men. And... Um, because these are guys that I saw when I was a little kid. They were on TV and reporting the news and out there fighting the issues. And, and to be a part of that, I don't know how something like that can happen. It was an honor to just sit with those guys who were also speaking, uh, you know, telling, talking about their feelings about George or testifying to his life. And I say all that to say that I realize that if you truly love what's right, you truly seek after what's right, uh, it's, it's amazing how God reward your life, the things that he add unto you. And the things that he gives unto you are nothing like what you can bring unto yourself. You know, or a lot of people work hard just to get in certain environments. They sell their soul to hang around with certain people or to be recognized. And, and then once you get that recognition, you're still not a happy person. But God will add it unto you. Uh, and his, the things that he desired for you are greater than what you can ever want for yourself. And I'm a living witness to that. And I will forever, ever, ever remember George Putman. He was a good man. He was a strong man. He was a real man. And it's unfortunate that the old guys are dying off. And now instead of having manly men, we have a bunch of girly men. You notice that most men are girly men now? Yeah. 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 They're girly men, they're angry, they're insecure, they, they're afraid of their wives, their girlfriends, they're afraid of women, they're afraid of life, they, you know, they're just girly men now, very emotional, and it's, it seems as though as this older generation of men are dying off, we're, just, we're left with nothing. And that's why I'm committed to uh, rebuilding the family by rebuilding the man. We've got to get men back in order because of who they represent. You know, they represent Christ. And if we don't get them back in order, things are going to get worse. I was reading uh, uh, the papers this week about uh, 
And I'm only mentioning Barack Obama because of what's going on around him. He's in office now, and that's just the way it is. But I see that uh, there's going to be, unless something happened that I can't see, there's going to be a big letdown for a lot of people. And the reason for it, because a lot of people are trying to get a sense of identity from Barack Obama, as they do with preachers and politicians and entertainers and money. They're trying to get this identity that they're not going to be able to get. Even if they, for some reason, take it on, they're not going to be happy. It's not going to bring salvation. It's not going to make their lives any better. I read this article that 70%, well, 50% of women overall would never be married. 70% of black women would never be married. And so, isn't that amazing? 70% of black women would never be married. Yeah. It's, it's heartbreaking. It really is. And because women, most women, not all, but they love being married. They want to be married. Men of them want to have a family, but they would never see a husband. And it's because of the breakdown of men. Men are not men, are not men especially, in the, you know, not just in the black community, but especially within the black community. Can you imagine growing up a woman who desired to be married and have a family, and then you hear a report that 70% of you would never see a husband? I think I'll pack up and go back into my mother's womb and find my way back to heaven, wherever it came from, babies come from. Because that's, a, that's not a good thing. But yet, I don't, I don't hear an outrage about it at all you know, from society. And I don't, people are not, they don't realize that this is an urgent situation, not only for the women that would never get married, but for society at large, right. you know, and for society. When men are weak, it's over, folks. There is no way of returning until we can return to men. 70% of black women would not be married. 50% overall, all the other, you know, whites and everybody else. Uh, so that's, a, that's terrible. The focus needs to be on rebuilding the family by rebuilding the man. It really does. And next year, I hope that we can hone that in even more so because we got to bring back God's order. We have to bring it back. And yes, there's a battle out there to keep us from doing it, you know, by placing the focus somewhere else. But we are battling against evil. The battle is uh, between good and evil. Not men and women, but good and evil. We need to realize that. And I think that if you can be born again and you can see that the battle is between good and evil, we'll have more people standing up because God is going to take away your fears. He's going to allow you to see what you're really dealing with. But that's a sad commentary. And then the few men that are left, you know, they're weak and pathetic. N nobody want to marry them, you know. So what are you going to do? And women who are turning to women, that's not going to work. Because that's never going to be real love, you know. It's not going to ever be godly love. So we got to really get serious about this. And trying to get identity uh, from Barack Obama and his wife is not going to do it. You know, they were talking, in this article, they were talking about how when Barack Obama accepted his speech, you know, a president, uh, presidential speech, oh, they were, oh, it was so beautiful the way that he and Michelle and their children came out. I was so inspired. This is what I'm hearing, right? 
I was so inspired. This is real love. Oh, I want that kind of love. And I'm thinking, you dumb hypocrite. Because, you know, ever since, as far as I know, ever since we've had presidents walking out and accepting their speech, didn't, don't they always bring their wives and children? Yes. <laughs> you know, this is not like the first group that's walked out on stage with a family. It's been happening since we had presidents. And, I'm, and I asked on my show, why weren't you inspired by President Bush and, and, and Ronald Reagan and, and Bill Clinton? They were inspired by Bill Clinton for a minute until they found out. Monica was hanging around. And so um, I, I, say to, I say to them, it shouldn't matter what color the person is. It should be, you should be inspired. A family is a beautiful thing, period. You know, so it doesn't matter if it's a white family or a black family or what. You should be inspired by family. But they were not inspired by Reagan and Bush and all those guys. All of a sudden, the Messiah walks out, and this great inspiration came down from heaven and overtook them. Now they're saying, we want that kind of love. This is what I've read in this article. Predominantly black women are saying this. I want the kind of love that Michelle and Obama have. I want that type of love. And I said, how do you know what type of love they have? You know, you, you just see an image on a stage. You do not know what's going on behind closed doors. You know, but it's, it's trying to get a sense of identity. That's what it is. You see something that looked like it. It's love. Now you want to be like that. You want that love. And, you know, I don't, to be real honest with you, I, I wouldn't want the kind of love that Barack has for Michelle because he's a weak man. He said that she is the backbone of, of him. He, he, uh, she is his backbone. She's the foundation of the family. So that's not real love. Barack is suffering. He can't disagree with his wife. He can't, because if he does, it's over. She's going to come out and tell us. And it's over for him. <laughs> but what we should do, I admire a beautiful family when I see it. I'm for family. I'm about family. So when I see a family, I'm like, wow, that is pretty cool. That's real nice. But I'm not all into it where I want to be like that. You know, that's where my identity. And the reason that people are trying to get, and, and they do it with everything, with preachers and, and all people, most people do this. With preachers, you know, you go to a church and the preachers sound good. All of a sudden, you want to get your identity from the preacher. Or, or Madonna. Madonna, like a virgin, all of a sudden, you want to be like a virgin. Like Madonna. Getting the identity from that. And the reason for that is that most people have the wrong identity within themselves. The wrong spirit has made a home in them. And that spirit gets its identity from outside, from the environment, from the world outside. It lives off, it's a prideful identity, and it's motivated, it lives off the world, the, the image of the world around you, whether it's money, friends, whatever, women or men, presidents, it doesn't matter. If you notice in your own personal life, you're constantly picking up an identity, feeling good about where you are and who you're with, and thinking that that's salvation for you, but it's the wrong kind of salvation for the wrong spirit. God said that we must be born again. We got to overcome that spirit. So that he, he said that we should be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind from within. We have to be renewed from within, not without. And whatever you're renewed from without, it's over for you. There's no life in it. 
And I don't hear, uh, once again, I don't hear an outcry about this identity that people are trying to get from this guy and his wife and from being black or from whatever it is. It's like, oh, okay, fine. Most people know something's wrong with it, at least white Americans, other people do, but nobody says anything about it. You let the people suffer. So where's the love for that? And believe me, when I speak out about this identity that uh, people are trying to get from Obama and his family, they get mad. They don't want to hear that. Oh, you're just putting Obama down. No, I'm not. I'm telling you that Obama or your preacher or even Jesse Peterson or anybody, another person is not your salvation. They're not your salvation. They can't save you. You can't, you, you shouldn't be trying to get the kind of love they have because you don't know what that love is. I mean, when you walk out on the stage, you can act in a certain way. And as soon as you go behind closed doors, the battle is on. But it, and so if you're trying to get that identity, you will end up with it, but you're going to have the same hell that they're having. Whatever identity you take on, you take on the hell that come with it. That's why you have to be renewed from within so you can have operate from perfect love. And we got to be honest about this stuff. We got to tell people what's going on. It's not enough to just have one person out there. You got to know the truth here. And men and women of God should know the truth, but I'm not hearing the truth. You go along with it. Oh, that is so attractive. That's so cute. Yeah, you can get Barack Obama's identity. You can get that kind of love. That's not love. It is not love. And so you must be born again. You got to lay down a pride. You got to lay down this prideful life, your ego. Because getting it from somewhere else is not going to do you. I'm a living witness to that. I've got, before the last 20 years, prior to the last 20 years, I got my identity from everything and everybody I was around. If they act a certain way, I would act that way. Because I didn't, I, I didn't have my real self, my true nature. I was a prideful man. You've got to be born again. You must be born again. I understand why God said we must be born again. Because this ego identity inside of you, whether you want it to or not, accept it or not, it will identify with your outer environment. It really will. Yes, sir, Miss. Um, question. I, I, as far as identity, I'm not sure what you... I know what you're saying as far as what they project. You know, they project yeah. a certain kind of image, but you say people are trying to get their identity from Barack. I don't see how they're doing that. What do you mean by that? They, they get their identity from him by seeing an illusion of what's happening. You know, you see this family walk out. It's an attractive family. You see Barack Obama kissing Michelle's hand, hugging and carrying on. And a president have nobody acting like that anyway. But it looked like love. It looked like, wow. And, and you get this feeling from it that feels good and that, to that spirit that lives inside of you. And then you start going out trying to create that for yourself. And that's when all hell breaks loose. Because they identify with it emotionally. And we're not supposed to identify with things emotionally. We're supposed to identify spiritually from within. So what you're saying is they'll go out and try to create treat that. their wife that way. You know, yeah, or find a woman like that. And right. men are going to go out and try to act like Barack. Barack and women are going to look for men like Barack. And then when they come together, it's not going to work. And it's not working for them either. It just looked like it on the outside. And if you were not blind, if you were born again, you would see that it's not working. Really, you wouldn't be caught up with the beauty of it, what it feels like. You would, I mean, you, for some reason, well, not for some reason. God allowed us to see beyond what's really happening. 
He allows us to see beyond the illusion of what's going on. And that way people can't deceive you for too long either. But if you're blind, you're going to look at an illusion and think that this is it. I hear a lot of women say, oh, I thought I had a good man and I ended up with a bad one. Because this man put on a certain image until he got what he wanted from her. But if she wasn't desperate for him, or he wasn't de desperate for her, he'll be able to see what's going on before they get married and before they hook up together. But they're looking for something outside so they identify with it and, and they're deceived. Because that ego life, that spirit that's made a home in you, it has to live off that. Yes? Say that. See, when you said that 70% are uh, not getting married, yes. well, that's the same percentage that are having kids out of wedlock. Yeah, I was think about that. Yeah, I thought about the same thing. 70% of black babies born out of wedlock. Maybe that's why it is too, but it's the weakness of men because if men were strong, if they were godly men, they wouldn't take advantage of the women in that way. It would not be happening. Real men would take care of the woman rather than taking advantage of the woman. So until we can turn men around, that will continue to happen. Yes, sir. <clears throat> well, if this trend continues... Hold that thought for one minute. Are you, do you find yourself getting an identity from your outer environment? We? No, you. Huh? No, you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've noticed that. You noticed Especially that? Especially when, yeah, when I was younger. Yeah. I noticed if I would stay away from a certain crowd, yeah. it's almost like I need to go back to get programmed or like reinforced. Yeah. You know, it's like you kind of crave that. That That's right, you crave it. Absolutely. Because that spirit, that wrong identity that has made a home inside of you, it lives off that. You know. And um, absolutely. I'm glad you see that. Most people don't see that they're doing it. Or if they do, they think that it's fine. It is not good to do that. Not good for your soul. Yes, sir. Yeah, just to add what was said immediately, you know, getting our identity from the outside. Yes. Anytime you seek the approval of people, it's, it's the same thing. Yeah. You see, you're, you're, in other words, our approval should be coming from God and not from men. Yeah. You see? So where but, do you get your identity from? Uh, I still, I can see... Uh, there's still a remnant of uh, approval seeking in me under certain circumstances. Yeah. I can see that. Yeah. You must be born again. Yes. You must now, be what born. I wanted to say, what, the reason I raised my hand uh, at first is uh, when you quoted these statistics about 70% of black women not getting married, yes. if this trend continues, that really means the total destruction of the family there won't be a family anymore. Right. That's right. And uh, it's amazing how this all comes about. And, uh, you know, very few people see it, really. Or they might, you know, I mean, I might, might get a glimpse here and there, but, you know, it seems like nothing is being done about to stop that trend. Yeah. You know? Yeah, that's why we gotta, we got to get some more truth out there because it's, it's, it's pretty bad. Let me ask you this, when you see yourself seeking approval, do you recognize at the time you're trying yes. to get identity? Yes, well, I mean, I, I see it in a moment uh, when I, you know, when I talk to certain people. And then what do you do when you see that? I wish that it wouldn't be that way. Yeah. 
you got to be born again. The thing that I, I like about, I love about salvation, is like once you're born again, really, I'm telling you, all that stuff just fade away. And you can naturally live your life. Like I said about George, right? You, can, you, you deal with issues, you fight for your country, you fight for the family, but you have this peace about you that allows you to have a joyful life as well. You know, you, you literally have a joyful life and there's no stress that can enter inside of you to create confusion as, as you see in other people. But you've got to be born again. You need a new nature. You need yes, Christ's sir. nature inside of you. And it comes from within. Otherwise, it's, it's, it's just going to get worse instead of getting better. Boy, did I see your hand? You had your yeah. hand on it? Yeah. Yes, sir. When you were talking about George Putnam, this week I've been thinking about where are the men like him? Right. Where are the men from the Second World War? I look at the people that Barack Obama has appointed to his cabinet. Hillary Clinton as uh, Secretary of State. I mean, just surrounded by a bunch of lightweights. And, um, and then I, I, I'm listening to Barack Obama answer questions, unsolicited, uh, I mean, questions that, where he doesn't have a teleprompter. And he answers, when he answers, you can see how, I mean, here's a genius wordsmith that uses the language about as good as I've ever seen it used. And he dolls everything up, and he paints everything up. You hear him, and he answers, he says, uh, 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 uh. It's a constant stuttering. Because I don't want this to be about Barack Obama. I want it to be about ourselves, what we're learning from this, and the renewing of men. You know, and, and the reason I brought him up because I'm reading this article about how the world around him are trying to get a sense of identity from him. I'm not making it about Barack yeah. Obama. I'm making it about the point you made with George Putnam, which was, you know, 20 minutes ago when I raised my hand. There aren't any of those anymore. Yeah. They aren't, they aren't there. Where are they? They're not in the Republicans. Yeah, they're dead, but, I mean, where's Dwight Eisenhower? Where are these? Where are these people? You know, I was sitting with a, a group of older men. You know, George's age, near George's age, or in some cases, may have been his age. And I realized that they are still around, but the world has pushed them into a corner. They're like they're like old men, um, the older men. And that's another sad commentary because God said that we should learn from the older men. You know, older men is wiser. And we really should sit at their footstool and learn from them, but there's not a real respect for older men anymore. Well, you, you, know, you, you rarely see them in the media. You don't hear people mm -hmm. boasting about them. You know, they're not, even the older women who are supposed to really be teaching younger women. You don't hear much from, and I see a lot of older women too as I travel around. And you can see there's some smart women because they're from the old school. They're not the kind of women that hate men and you know, a, a push in a certain agenda, but these women are being disrespected too. They're not, in the, in the older days, you know, you, you kind of look forward to hearing older people speak and learn from them and be a part of, but older people are not respected in today's society. Well, well not only, look at the, the court system, you have the judge standing in front of OJ. If you don't 
if you are, are, are on trial for something and you don't actually weep and get down on your hands and knees for forgiveness <laughs> yeah. and show remorse and show, I mean, you're in a courtroom. You're either guilty or you're not guilty. That's it. There's yeah. no weeping or remorse or anything. And you have to beg and they shuffle, like you said, the men are shuffled aside. They're not taken seriously. Yeah. They're not taken seriously in Hollywood. They're not taken seriously anywhere. That's right. And That's a very good point. I was looking at OJ doing that too. Did you guys see that? He yes. would have been better off just standing there and, and yeah. not going through that dance. That, that they wanted, they wanted to see that. They wanted <coughs> to. He didn't, he didn't have to do that. That's right. That is such a good point. I have, I heard nobody else mention that. And when I was looking at this, I felt something in my spirit that was wrong with that. And I know what it is. Did anybody else see that? Yeah. OJ doing that? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Who else saw it? What did he do? Oh, turn the water on. OJ. Turn the water on. Can you tell them to turn that heater off? Somebody, Sherry, have them turn the heater off. OJ was found guilty of sin, and and the judge allowed him the opportunity to beg for mercy, and so he got up and was begging for mercy, and he was like almost crying, maybe even crying, and. Uh, so he was doing that in front of the judge. It was a female judge, a woman judge. Who else saw it? What was your impression of it, Peyton? I heard it on the radio. It just sounded really pathetic and really, like, uh, just real weak. Just Is that what you thought of it at the time? Yeah, it yeah. sounded really, really just real weak. Yeah. Yeah. Did you see it? Uh, I did. What, you, did you see it or you heard it? Already? I saw it. Uh, what did you think of it? Uh, it reminded me of a per of a child getting caught with his hand in a cookie jar, and he and the child trying to make up a hundred excuses. But the frightening thing is that the child believes the excuses as the truth. Oh, that's deep. How about you? Who, you saw it? Yeah. You saw it on? Did you see it on TV or TV. you heard it on the radio? On TV. Uh, and what was your impression of when you saw it on TV? Yeah, he just he. Uh, he didn't come clean, you know, he was just uh, faking it, you know, like trying to last ditch effort, you know, he didn't, uh, he says, hey, I'm sorry, he didn't come clean or anything like that. Oh, okay. Yeah. How about you had your hair? Yeah, I saw uh, some of it, and uh, he looked, you know, he did look pathetic in the way he was acting, and I thought it was very strange when I heard the woman read out the sentence. I thought the sentence was personally way over the top, for what the guy basically came back and he was getting his stuff. I don't want to argue that totally, right. but it, it seemed like it was way beyond what it should have been, and it was just a payback. It's like, you know, the blacks paid the whites back with the OJ uh, trial, and now we got whites and women paying back. You know, there's a, there's, a, there's a racial component and a men and woman component. This judge went way over the top with her sentencing and with her little way of talking uh, in, to him at the end. Right. Uh, what was the point of letting this guy go up there and grovel if she was just going to slap him around the way yeah. she did? And I, I, I thought that was really unbecoming of a judge, very unprofessional, and it looked like just a stand-in for Nicole coming and just ripping into this guy. Yeah. Yes. You know, they, she made a point, preempted everything by, this has nothing to do with the previous trial. Well, I can only tell you that had he, had that never happened, the previous trial or whatever, had that never happened, and this happened, 
he would have gotten probation. Yeah. I mean, it wouldn't even have That's been. True. I mean, he would have gotten probation, and they would have found a way to make it. First of all, the kidnapping charge I think will be dropped because they had a similar case in, in Nevada, but yeah. uh, recently. But that, as a matter of fact, had not this thing happened with, as you said, the other trial. O.J. probably would not have had to go back up to Las Vegas. He could have stayed in Florida. The judge would have gone, I mean, the lawyer would have gone over to Las Vegas and represented him because O.J. was a movie star. Yeah. You know, he was famous, and most of the time, if you, you know, when you're popular like that, you don't even have to show up to trial <laughs> if it wasn't payback time. So that's a very good point. You know, when I saw it, it hurt my spirit because I saw another man being humiliated before a woman. OJ, this big guy standing up there crying like a baby. And like, before you make a good point, in the old days, the good old days, when people came before a judge, you didn't hear them weapon and whining. You know, they didn't go there and beg somebody, oh, please, and carry on like that. You took, you, know, you took it. You stood up like a man and took it. You got the best lawyer to represent you, but you took it. But there's a hatred of men today, and they're being humiliated in every fashion or form. And that's the point that I saw about it. And I'm thinking while OJ is up there crying and carrying all like that, I'm thinking, uh, why is he acting that way? And this woman is not, all he's doing is, is making her want to, can somebody do somebody call? They got it. The only thing that OJ was doing was encouraging her to really put the hammer down on it. Because women hate weak men that crawl and bang and cry and carry on. He, he that is not impressive at all. And again, I'm not defending his act. I don't know nothing about what he did or if he's guilty or innocent. That's not my issue. The issue is what is happening to men and the impact that it's having on society because of who we represent. And Satan has made a promise that he's going to do this. He's going to deceive every man, woman, and child. And if you can tear that man down in the home, in his community, in his country, it's over. And there's a concerted, concerted effort to destroy men at any form, any level, and that's what's going on. OJ, that, that was stupid of him to do that. You know, they went through the trial, and I, I wouldn't, I just, I'd rather go to jail than to stand up like that and just embarrass myself like that. And that's what happened. You're absolutely right. You got both of them. Yeah, that's right. And it was sad. It was sad to see that. But men are being embarrassed like that all, every day. I hear it all the time. The wives do it to them at home now because he knows that if he stand up to his wife, she could cry abuse and he's going to jail. You know, he's humiliated in front of his children. If he's trying to tell the kid, you don't have to do that. Do this. More problems. We gotta, we gotta, I'm at a point in my life, I'm gonna do what's right, I love what's right, and you can say whatever you want. I'm not gonna lower myself like that for anybody or anything. And just, you gotta have a, you know, you have to have righteous pride about yourself, men and women. But men don't have that righteous pride anymore. They're just gone. They're, they're wimps. Yes, Mark? You had your hand a year ago. Yeah. Go ahead and pass on me. Okay. Yes, sir. Oh, yeah, Raymond, I'm sorry. Okay, okay. there's just one thing. Okay, about earlier, about people uh, fight, want to find the identity 
so, out, from the outside. Yes. I, I was wondering, is this is one of the reasons why uh, why a lot of people are gyrating toward gay mar- uh, marriage because they want to identify with something uh, with something outside themselves That's that right. a lot of themselves. Absolutely, they're looking for they're putting their hope in same sex. You know, people put their hope in money. You know what I just realized. When you were born again, and I just realized that as you were speaking, when you were born again, it's like God wipe away or take away your hope or desire in anything else. It's not even there. And so by not being there, you don't have to think about it. And I realized the way he does that is he rebuked this other spirit, this other false identity that has made a home inside of us. He, because that cannot, you cannot enter into the, he- into the kingdom of heaven with that identity. So he takes that away from you, and you find yourself, without even realizing, going through life, and you don't even have that desire for approval or trying to get identity from the world around you. I don't even have it. I just realize I don't have it. And that's why I don't have to fight against it, because I don't have it. I'm not afraid to deal with people, because I don't care if you love me or not. Uh, take it or leave it. I'm not, uh, I'm not worried about money because I naturally believe that my father take care of me. You know, I love working, so I work. And I know that if I work, I'm going to get something back for it. I don't worry about love because I don't feel like I need love. I'm not missing love in my life. And so if I see a nice family couple walking around, I've heard people, oh, I won't get into that. That's what I'm saying. But if I see a nice family walking around, I admire that family. Like, wow, that's cool. But that's about it. I'm not ready to run off and get married and create a family. In the older days, I would want to, though. You know, you see a family, all of a sudden you start looking, wow, I like, I know people like that. They see kids running around, they say, oh, I like to have kids. They go out and make babies. And then they they get these babies, they realize, wow, what was I thinking? You know, that's because, but when you were born again, he take that false identity away from you, which lives... Uh, get his life from the world around you, and you don't have to think about it anymore. Isn't that amazing? That's what peace is. That's what freedom is. And you don't even think, you don't realize that you've gotten rid of it until you think about it. Because you, don't, you no longer have that battle going on within. And men have a responsibility to set that tone for their families. Yes, sir? You said that we should have righteous pride. What, um, how do you define that righteous pride in... in Anybody here have righteous pride? Only three people? Favor and... Yeah, so. <laughs> That's a very good question, man. Uh, the lady in red want to tell you how to get it. You have righteous pride? Yes. You don't know? I'm not sure what righteous pride is. Do you, but do you have the other kind of pride, unrighteous pride? No. You don't have that either? You just don't have any pride at all? <laughs> <laughs> well, okay, if, if righteous pride is the opposite of unrighteous pride, then I guess I do. Um... And what is it? I, I have I have pride for the things of God that he's placed in my life. 
I, I, I don't know, I'm thinking out loud. Oh, okay. I, I have pride for the things of God that he's placed in my life. I, I have pride in, in who I am in him, okay. in my living being. I'm not uh, sure. Faith, you said you have, you have righteous pride? Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, Why is Doug shaking his head? Well, that's that's no, not okay. thing. No, I'm kidding. He just believed it right away. <laughs> well, the, what I see is, uh, uh, you know, the change in me is uh, I'm happy to do what's right now. And it's because it's not for my glory. It's just what I see is right. And that's, I think that's what you mean is... I'm not taking any um, credit for it. I just am, you know, being myself, and I'm not ashamed now to stand up for good things, even small things, where before I'd be afraid to, to offend people. So I, you know, it's. I think you know that's a kind of pride. It's not a self pride. It's it's just a, the willingness and happiness to do what's right. You have no self pride at all. You have no unrighteous pride at all. No, because I, I clearly see that um, the attitude change has been given to me, and uh, the thing that's held me back my whole life is that I always wanted to be seen. I wanted to be seen doing good. I wanted, I wanted that, um, it's like an approval. It's just like, you know, you want to be kind of special, and that's what held, that's the only thing that really held me back. You know, I, you know and that's why I ran from Bond, because I wanted, I had this image of myself, and when I, when that wasn't seen, I wanted to go hide. <laughs> like like that might make things better. Boy, you said you have unrighteous pride. Self self righteous. Self righteous pride. And what is self righteous pride? I'm glad you admitted it. Well, in certain situations, I I tend to want to be right, uh, regardless of the facts. Yeah. And when you see yourself doing that, what do you do about it? usually discover it after too late and then I have to apologize usually. <laughs> you just go with it, huh? Yeah. It's unfortunate. Yeah. Um, is it hard, when you see yourself operating in that, is it hard to stop in that moment and let it pass? Or do you have to go with it completely? Well, there's kind of, it's kind of like I'm half right and they're half right, you know, when, when I'm, and, and, and so my pride won't admit that I'm, that I'm half right, uh, because I see that they're half right, and then it's an ego battle yeah. between, and then when I'm finished, I think, really pathetic. Then you beat yourself up right after you do it, huh? Unfortunately, yeah, I do. I do. Yeah. Two wrongs for... <laughs> that's right. Double trouble. Yeah, you should beat yourself up. It's enough to see that you're wrong. That's it. I'm getting, better. I'm getting better at that. Oh, I see did. it a little quicker. Uh, it, ha it, ha it, it happened again <laughs> this week, and I, I recovered in the middle of the situation and uh, you yeah. know, got out of it with, with grace. Oh, good. Yeah, you have to practice presence. You know, that's the theme this year. I can't wait until the end of the year to hear how you guys are walking on water. Because I'm sure you've been practicing present all year, right? That's the theme from this year. I can't wait to hear the testimony. He wanted to know what is righteous pride, right? Right. Yeah. Uh, Rhonda wanted to tell you. She has it. 
I try. <laughs> I think it's just a speaking up, not speaking up for what's right and not having to be right yourself. But when you see injustice, speak up against it and, uh, you know, just not having to be right about it. You know, just put it out there and go on about yourself. So are you, or what did you say you were? Self-righteous. Self-righteous. Are you a self-righteous person? <coughs> right? No. You're not self-righteous? No. You have righteous pride. And how I'm do you, working on it. I'm sorry? Yeah, I'm trying to work on it. And how are you working on it? I just you try to see myself. You're not attached, and I'm going to get an AOB, and I'm not going to judge you. It's just fellowship and to help one another. That's all that it is. It's not a test. I speak up about things all the time. And, and, I, and I, I'll let you answer it because I want you to get to know yourself. I don't want you to just rely on the preaching. So that's why I'm asking. It's not a test. Go ahead, I said I speak up about things all the time, but I, I have to watch myself in, in all those instances and make sure that I'm not being prideful, that I don't have to be right about it. You know, I just want want to be able to say this is what's going on, this is what I see, and then let it go. And so I have to constantly do that anyway because my husband never agrees with me anyway. <laughs> so I have to always, you know, watch. Like at some point now, I have to just not say things to him, even though I see things. I just don't say anything all the time because he gets tired of hearing it after a while. When you say you see things, you mean about him or about life About itself? him and life. You um, know, we just like the news thing, you know, I can say, or just like Obama, I, and I see him saying, they say, who has the last word? She says, I do. You know, and I can, to me, that change, that feels, I feel something in my spirit that that's not right. Yeah. But I don't really share that with him all the time because, you know, he doesn't see it or agree with it. So, I, something so Michelle Obama says she had the last word. Mm -hmm. yeah. I can bet it. She's the backbone. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, I, and he doesn't, your husband don't want to hear that? You know, he, he, kinda, doesn't he, he kind of wants to hear some of it, but after a while, he just, some part of him just doesn't agree. So I just have to watch what I say now. Um, so I'm just... That's how I watch my pride. It's just saying, okay, it's not important for me to say everything every time. Yeah, you definitely don't want to force it on you. No, right. But it would be nice to have someone around you can dialogue, conversate with him. Yeah, it would be. Yeah. Well, be patient with him. It'll come in 50 years. <laughs> I know, and I actually feel, hum I mean, kind of humbled by seeing, when I do speak out to other people after a while, you know, you do get so much... Ah, you know, upset about people get upset about hearing what you're saying and yeah. don't want to hear it, and, and it's kind of like this is where they are, and I have to let them be where they are at that time. At, at this talk I gave at, at George's funeral, a white guy came over to me afterward and said, "You know, I noticed that black people is now like no other folks I've ever seen in my whole life." He said that uh, he had a, he had a bunch of black friends and. Because he disagreed with Barack and stuff, they all they make up a few. He asked him about abortion, or he asked about different things, and he said he noticed that they they won't admit. They just make up excuses, and then they'll tell him at the end of the email, "We are no longer friends," <laughs> <laughs> and then they call him a racist, and you're no longer friends. Isn't that sad? That's yeah, that's that. That's why I said the one thing that. Uh, came out of this whole thing, it showed how divided we really are as a race in America today. It showed us that more so than anything else, how divided we are. Um, I'm gonna, I want to go to Martin. If the, if the go-to Bible man had showed up today, I wouldn't have to go to Martin, but since he's not here, Martin is my next best choice. Is there anything that's called righteous pride?
was time. There was a, a time where Paul mentioned that if there was anything he would be, he would want to be proud of. It's it's the people he is, you know, converted to Christ. And um, that was that was that mention there. And that's what I love about that kind of pride. It has nothing to do with you. It's God's nature inside of you working through you. And like when this lady was telling Pat and I about her grandson, how he had he came to counseling and now he's doing fine. I mean, I wanted to just boo-hoo. And not because I wanted to take credit, but I realized where that come from and what it had done for him. You know, and I'm thankful and it's unbelievable that God is using me in such a manner. You know, that that for some reason, there's something about me he saw that I don't even see. And that he would use me so that his spirit can flow out upon others and change their life. That's a righteous pride. You know, you don't have to go around and quote scriptures. You don't even have to go around saying, oh, God made this happen. In your own heart, you know where that comes from. Because nothing else can change the life of another person like that but his spirit working through you. And that's what righteous pride is. You know? Yeah, I got that. Did that help? Yeah, it's funny as I'm listening, uh, sitting here listening to you and uh, understanding that. I, I, I have this feeling in myself of uh, a, a, a wrong pride that is yeah. like embarrassed to be making it about me and how I appear. <laughs> and then I'm like, wait, it's not about me. It's about, about the truth that we're talking about. That's right. Yeah. That's right. And that's why you must be born again so that that won't be a part of your life anymore. You know, and I'm, not, and I'm only testifying. I got up and I gave my little talk. It was from my heart. It was how I really felt about the guy and what I saw in him and my relationship with him. And the people loved it. You know, like, wow, that was so nice. And I like what you said about men and women and all that, right? And then other people said nice things, but they read off, you know, they had to read it and all that kind of stuff. And I realized that when you're free within, you really do operate from the heart. You know, because you don't have to make up anything, you don't have to lie, you just tell the truth. And the truth impacts people's lives. And I think everybody, not everybody, but most people want that free life, you know? The ability to just speak from the heart. Because you're coming from a different source. You don't have to think about what you're gonna say. You know, like, I would tell you guys earlier, when I'm on my way to a speech, I, on the way there, they tell me what I'm gonna talk about. You know? And now, if I have to have some stats, I'll look up some stats. But I want God's will to be done, and so I don't want to plan ahead and have all this stuff in my head. I notice when I do plan ahead, I mess up. Sometimes I listen to my PR guy if I'm gonna do an interview, or go on TV and do an interview, and he'll give me all this. And he's well-meaning; he's supposed to do his job, right? So we go over some things. But if I try to go in there and repeat what he has taught me, I screw up. I end up losing. But if I take the principle of what he is saying, but yet stay with truth, it works every time. Because you don't have to remember anything. Your, your desire is for his will to be done. And, and he wants to wake up mankind, those that will wake up. That's what he wants. And he uses us for that purpose. And people can recognize him when they truly see him. Absolutely. Yes? Yeah, I was going to say, um, I'm going to expound a little bit more about Paul. It might help a little bit. Paul um, said that he was, um, he had the reason to be most proud when it comes to um, 
what he was. He was a, a Benjamite. Benjamin, the tribe of Benjamin was the tough guys of the um, tribes of Israel. They were, it took all the rest of the tribes of Israel to beat them down in a, in a fight they had once. And um, so he's from the tribe of Benjamin. He was um, uh, a Pharisee. Um, I mean, he had, a, he had an excellent bloodline, you know, taught at the best. Um, he was taught in synagogue. The Pharisees were, you know, smart guys. They believed in the resurrection. Um, so he had um, a terrific bloodline, believed in the law totally, um, was very, very committed to what he was doing. Um, so he had all that reason for, for, self, for self-pride. Yeah. Then he did the most shameful thing a man can do. He persecuted you know, Christians, persecuted them unto death, prison. So he had the reason for the most shame amongst any man, like he said, you know, before. So here he's, here's a guy who has the most reason for pride and the most reason for shame. And he said it is his mission that he was given that gives him his righteous pride, not either one of those things. You know, he doesn't beat himself up for that, what he did. He doesn't, you know, take his um, pride from, you know, his bloodline. He takes it from, you know, being a, a righteous called to be a righteous man like God. Yeah, That's why I say to people, whatever you have done in your life, and believe me, most of us, if not all, most of us have done some rotten stuff in life. You know, you know you're born in crazy family, so you end up doing crazy, insane stuff. But the problem is you end up judging yourself about it, and that's what locks you into that false identity. Because you look at yourself sometimes, you think, there's no way God going to love me, you know. There's no way, look what I've done. You end up judging yourself. But in reality, God doesn't care about that at all. He, he cares in the sense that he wants to free you up from it. That's why he sent Christ from it, uh, to save you, to give you a way out. But when you judge yourself for what you have become, it prevents you from born again, being born again, so you can live out your purpose in life. And your purpose may not be as Paul's purpose or my purpose, but whatever it is, whatever he has for you, it's going to be a great purpose because it's going to be to glorify him, for the lack of better words. But as long as you, you know, we, 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 are all, we all have sin and come short, and there's nothing worse than a dirty sinner. Sinners are, are terrible. That's why this notion about once you're born again, you still sin is a lie out of the pit of hell because a sinner cannot enter into the kingdom of heaven. So I don't know what, what they're thinking that, okay, I'm born again, but I still sin, I'm still a sinner. How are you going to enter in? <laughs> but they're preaching that, right? But my point is, if you just see that you're a no good, nothing, rotten kind of a person, but don't judge yourself for it, you shall be free, enter in, and you can live your life. Because when I think about my life, as far as I can tell, there's nothing that's been wonderful about me that God should have this type of mercy upon me and free me up, and give me the life that he's given me. Really. There's nothing about it in the past that I can see that he would do that. But I stopped hating myself for what I was. And I stopped hating others who had brought this stuff upon me by making me hate. And he allowed me to enter in. He doesn't even remember your sins. You remember them. He doesn't. All you guys who sinned last night, and I know quite a few did in this room, <laughs> I'm kidding. <I'm> <laughs> <laughs> Just let it go. 
And I'm not telling you to do it, but just let it go. Don't beat yourself up all day about it. You know it's wrong. Let it go. And it'll be fine. I want to uh, talk about... Uh, yes, John. Uh, <clears throat> what prompted, in other words, what you just said prompted something in me. You are right uh, that God doesn't remember our sin, our sins. Uh, yet, when you read in the Bible, at, at the final judgment day, you will have to account for even every idle word. So, that, uh, I'm wondering about that. Yeah. Um, how do you know that I'm right, that he doesn't remember our sin? Uh, how are you right that, uh, that uh, he doesn't? Yes, uh, because he loves us. God truly loves us. And how do you know that he loves you? Uh, I don't mean to put you guys on the test, but I want to make sure you know that you know that you know. I'm I could, not just listen to the preacher. I could, I could be up in line. Really, I could be like sounding really good. I can go to the uh, Martin because the bomb answer man is not here. And he can be sounding really good. And you guys can give me a bucket load of amens and just give it back to me. <laughs> and, and, but you don't know for sure, right? I want to know, how do you know for sure that you love me? Yeah. Um, well, he loved us. Because of his love, he sent, he sent his only son. And uh, Christ, I mean, you can't, I don't think there's a greater act of love that ever occurred in this world. And where did you get that from, that he loved us well, because he sent his only son? Jesus, Jesus Christ died on the cross. I, I, I was just saying, I don't, I don't think there's a greater act of love that ever occurred than Jesus Christ dying for us on the cross. Okay. And, I mean, uh, the, and how do you know that that's true, though? Uh, I love this. Yeah. Well, you know what? Don't be afraid. You're not on the spot. You know, just relax and let it out. I could, I could, I'm going to say something else. What? Uh, you know, if you look around the world, if you look around the beauty of, uh, of creation, the world that we live in, the, the world that he created for us, I mean, what a, what, what, what a beautiful display that is. He made it for us because he loves us. But how do you know that didn't come from the Big Bang? Uh, for, uh, I haven't seen anything about the Big Bang, but if I look around, I have seen what I just said. Yeah. You see? And so that's how you know that God loves you? I mean, that, that's, there are many, many other examples besides that. Okay. Right. Are you nervous about telling me when I ask you, how do you know? No, 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 I just, I think about it. Oh, I mean, okay. think about it. Uh, yeah, I guess I could say yeah, that. Do yeah, do God love you? No, yeah. Take Matter of fact, can, can, can I, I add something? Shoot me. Can I add something? I can call you Ed. I know. Maybe on Sunday mornings I need you to wear a sign that says Ted. <laughs> I've known Ted for a long time. I still call him Ed. Change my name to Ed, baby. I think white people look alike to me. <laughs> can, I, can I add something? Yeah. Uh, you know what, what, we, what, what we have a tendency to do when, we, uh, uh, when trial and tribulations come our way? We seem to forget that God 
really loves us. Right. And you know, the you trial, trial, trial and tribulations seem to drag us down. Did you do that sometimes you forget? Uh, well, when I, when I experience that, you know, I... Uh, you forget no, I don't, I actually, no, I don't succumb to that. No, I don't, don't succumb to that because when, when, I, uh, when I have difficulties, you know, that's what comes to mind. God really loves us, and we seem to we seem to become unaware. We seem to be dragged down by do what's going on in our life. Do you huh? forget that when tribulations come? No. Well, uh, I've noticed that uh, uh, that I, I I'm I just noticed that I'm not dragged down. Okay? No, that's not the question. Yeah. Yes, I do at times. You forget at times that He loves you. Yeah, I don't know. You're stumbling. <laughs> you're hearing, hearing hard and stumbling. Well, no, I and mean, in other words, you know, I just want to give an answer, period. You know, I mean, I you know, kind of search my mind. You right. see, I have that hesitation, you know, that's, that's, that's the reason I don't come out right away. Oh, okay. Say what, you know, what, what, uh, so, uh, but you know, I have really become aware of that when I am, when things are not really, in other words, when I don't uh, feel... Uh, heavy and burdened. What do you think about what John is saying? You, do you believe John? Do you believe that John believed that God loved him? I'm not sure. No, not really. <laughs> <laughs> you don't believe that John believed that God loved, God loved him? He's not going to hurt you. <laughs> You're the bodyguard, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> well, like he says, he has this hesitation about him. That, that he's just trying to be honest about what he's thinking. Oh, okay. So he's not. So I don't, yeah. Ted, you believe John when he says God loves him and he believes in God loves him? Do you believe? Um, to be honest, I, I, I wasn't listening that much to John because <laughs> you asked me the question and I was thinking. Oh, I asked him the question and put him in a thought world. Yeah. That's amazing. Do God love you? Yeah. I can hear you. Yes. You can't act like you're scared. No. I'm, I'm not scared. Yeah, I, I, I believe he does. Yeah. And why do you believe that? Um, and, and these are all Christian phrases that you hear all the time, right? Oh, God loves us. God loved me because he first loved Jesus. But it, 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 I read in, I've read in the scripture, it says, I think Paul wrote it, he said, whom the Lord loveth, he, he rebukes. And that um, when, the, when the Lord rebukes you, that it's not, it's not, a, it's not a pleasant experience. Raymond, you walk like you're 50. Huh? <laughs> you walk like you're 50. <laughs> you walk like you're 50. You walk like you're Everybody looking, I'm saying, this guy walks like he, he just turned 50. He just turned 50 a couple weeks ago. Oh, I see. That's why he's walking. Now. Yeah, he's walking like, <laughs> like he's every bit of 50. I'm telling you. That is funny. I'm sorry. Oh, God. I'm sorry. That gave you a moment to think about what you're saying. No, I don't need to. You said Paul said what now? 
Paul, a little bit of fashion for me. Uh, Paul, Paul wrote in the scriptures, I, I don't know where, but they, he wrote that um, whom the Lord loveth, he, he rebukes. And that and when rebukes or chastens, and when you're that, that kind of rebuke and chastening from God is, is it's not pleasant. You know, and it doesn't feel too good, but it it produces righteousness in your life. I'm just saying it in my own words. Right? So, so um, I, I've experienced that in my life where God has rebuked rebuked me for in my conscience for being wrong, and it's and it's it's been a been very painful too. And uh, I used to resent it, but I see now that I, I clearly see now that. That that's his love for me, and that's that's how he is changing me, uh, making me the person that I should be. So I see it. Anybody over here know that God loves you? Yeah. You know God loves you. Well, I know through uh, my experiences, if I have uh, uh, tasks to do and I have all sorts of responsibility on my shoulders, and uh, part of me is saying. You know, you, there's doubting, you don't have it, or maybe I really don't have the answers to uh, pull this task off. And, I, and uh, I eventually get to the end, and I, uh, I, I just, through the whole thing, I feel this, um, all these opportunities to let go of doubt. And, um, you know, sometimes I don't, sometimes I just, you know, uh, just... Uh, to hold on to myself and my own doings and but then more often than not because I see the only way to do that is to let go and, and sort of let things be revealed to me and it certainly feels like a struggle but in the end it most often works out and if it doesn't work out it's like another opportunity and I feel like life keeps getting better if I do that the more I let go and there I, therefore I feel like the, the less I rely on me and my uh, intellect or my own will and that's the proof in reality that, that I feel he loves me and that I feel like he might love, you know, he would love John or anybody in this room or anybody. You think he loved John? I think so, yeah. Do <laughs> <laughs> you think John believed that he loved him? I, I don't know. I can't, I can't speak for him. Oh, so you believe God loves you? I do believe that. Um, sometimes, but I go, through, that I go through little have? valleys of doubt, you know, and I... You have doubts at times? Oh, sh certainly. Yeah. I understand. I could have, you know, ten doubts in an hour. Right. I'd like assailed with, with that, you know. How about you? Do you know God love you? Yes. How do you know that? Um, I just I just know he loves me. What? I just know he loves me. Well I thought you said you saw a sign that says he loves you. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just feel in my heart that he loves me and I, I love him. So You love him? Yes. You do? How do you yes. know you love him? Because uh, I have a heart for him. Oh, you do? Uh, yeah. Wow. And you know that for sure? Yes. <coughs> you never doubt it? That he loves you? No. You, you never doubt it? No. That's amazing. That's good. How about you? Do God love you? Me? Yeah, you. Yeah, he loves me. How do you know? I just know he does. You just know it? Mm -hmm. How do you just know? Well, I know because the Word tells me He does, and the Bible through, told you? through living, I just know that He loves me. Right. Did you go back and deal with that situation? With your, was it with your husband? Huh? Who were you going to go talk to? Your mother or somebody? 
the last time you were here, what was your assignment? Uh, oh, I left town. I'm just kidding. You left town? Yeah. <laughs> 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 I'm returning back, but I did have a, a great experience after that because um, through the questioning, I got all the answers as I started walking to the car. It's just all of them just stopped popping up. That's right. And they, they just came out all through that time. So I, uh, I, I liked it, you know. Because I thought I didn't know the answer, but the answer was within. So. It's already there. Yeah. That's right. You just have to look within. Right. Uh, are you treating your son differently now? Better now? Uh, yeah, I believe so. You're not yelling and carrying on? Well, not a lot. I, I, I still got a little ways to go. I don't yell at him that much, but... Just every blue moon? Yeah, like this morning, hurry up and let's get ready to go. <laughs> <laughs> Did anything change for you since the last time you were here? Did you let your anger go? Did you let your anger go? Yeah. You did? Yeah. Did you feel better? You, you had anger with your father, right, or something? Yeah. You did? And so what happened with you and your dad? Um, just, like, counting 10, just calm down and let it go. Right on. How old are you? 13. You stay with that, man. Just don't take nothing, anything that seriously. If it's going to make you mad, let it go. It's too important to you. And you'll grow up in a happy, healthy young man. But you got to not take anything to that important to you. Right? That makes sense? Yeah. Yeah, because if it's important, too important, it's going to control you. It's going to make you mad. Good. Uh, does God love you? I can't eat. Yeah. How do you know? Anything I ask for, I get. Any, well, maybe not every single thing, but if I ask him to see, he shows me. Oh. Things like that. Do you love him? I don't think so. You don't love him? No. Yeah. Remember, does God love you? Yeah. How do you know? Because uh, he shows mercy on me, and uh, oh, yeah? he's always taking care of me, so. Taking care of you in what way? Just, you know, I made some mistakes in my past, and I don't see any evidence that he's, like, punishing me or holding that against me. I mean, I'm free to just be me and go about my life without <coughs> worrying about my past. Oh, okay. I hear all the time, God love me. You've heard that, Christine? Does he love you? Do you know that he loves you? Um, no, I guess I don't know it. I hope so. But I don't know that I really know it. Yeah. But, you know, you hear that as soon as you're in, you know, Bible school, you know, Jesus loves me. This I know. You know right. So. Dr. Bible told me so. Right. Yeah. Huh. And but you don't know it for sure. Um, I guess I, I, I guess I don't know it. For sure, but um, it, it feels like I do. I think he's always taking care of me and yeah. um, helped me have an amazing life. And um, you know, I'm just grateful. Yes, sir. You know, I just thought of you know, does Jesus love me? And I thought of the evidence is what people generally would say. He takes care of me. He takes care of my family. But it just occurred to me, if he was to test me like he did Job would I feel the same way? Yeah. 
you know, because I'm looking at outward evidence of love, and he's certainly been there. But, uh, you know, that's a good question. I think he really tests you if you pull some things away. It just starts getting you to think a little bit. That's you a good know, point. Is, he, is he really there? Yeah. You know. Good point. Do God love you? Do you know I mean, I, I, are you talking to me? Right here. Yeah. Do you know he loves you? Um, I don't know if it's no. You know, it's just based on the outward evidence so far, I say yes. But I don't know if no, I think, is a little deeper than that. Oh. I don't know, I wouldn't say no, but it, it feels like just about. Okay. And you say you know he loves you? Mm -hmm. How do you know he loves you? Okay, <clears throat> many ways. I've been self-employed uh, since 1999. I've been self-employed. 1999. <laughs> how to speak to customers in a proper way. And they respond by giving me work, and then it goes hand in hand with integrity on the job. You do good work, they talk good about you. I don't advertise, and next thing you know, there's another job and another job and another job, you know? Sound like Donald Trump. <laughs> I'm not rich, but I have, an, I don't, you know what I mean? Sometimes you don't know where the next, you know, self-employed, you yeah. know? You know, I don't put your time clock. This is so amazing to me. This is, you guys are helping me right now in ways that you never, ever, I'm going to tell you in a minute. You're totally helping me. Thank you. Yeah. I appreciate it. So that's how you know he loves you. Yeah, and he, he, he lets me be generous in a right, with a common sense way, how to be generous to the right person at the right time. Right. And then that's a springboard. Then they talk good, not that I do it in an ambitious way. But this comes naturally. I don't know how else to say that, you know. Okay. Yeah. Yes, real fast, because yeah, I have fast. five minutes left almost. Uh, it wasn't too long ago when we spoke about uh, that we shall seek the kingdom of God and everything else mm -hmm. shall be added. Yes. What that means is that, that it is possible for us to live in total trust, totally trusting God. Uh, and he will guide our life. He will. He, I mean, he will do everything for us. Okay. Now, if that isn't love, what is? Right. Uh, you had your hand. Yeah, I just want to say real briefly. Um, the um, one of the big things that really changed my life a lot is all the many instances that I would see my wrong, you know, my mess ups. I stopped hating it, and that was my conscience showing me and every little thing, and then my whole life started to change because I used to really hate hate that. And I was like, I... Did I, you know that God loved you? Yeah. How I mean, do you know he loved you? Well, in that, I mean, I realized right there, he's there for me. He's showing me these little things to correct me, to change my life. And um, I realized that if I didn't have that, that I, it really dawned on me one day that if that was gone, if the conscience, God's conscience was gone, that's scary. That really like is a scary thought, and it, it it helped a lot to realize that because he, you know, in those little realizations when we when we mess up, 
that's a blessing to have that to see. Okay. This is so nice. Thank you guys. You're helping me today. How about you, Dylan? We have a short time, so I can't take a long story. You know God loves you? Yes. How do you know He loves you? I keep having all these thoughts about when you started asking everybody about, well, how do I know? It's the God consciousness in me that lets me know that because God is love, that He He can be outside of His nature. I'm sorry. He can't. God can't be outside of His nature. His nature is love. He is all love, and all love is all caring and all everything is good. Okay. And how you know? Did you read that, that's or you know it for your son? That's how. That's how I know. Okay. Arthur, you know God loves you. Yes, I do. Okay. Yes, I do. How you know for sure? Because He tells me everything. Shows me everything. And God, to me, like John said. Yes, yeah, speak up a little bit. You can't hear me. I have it in my heart. I know God loves me, Jesse. Okay. And I love Him. And I'm trying Why to. Why are you speaking so low? I want to speak up. I want to do His will, not my will, His will. Okay. And I ask that every morning, every day. Let me do His will. All right. And, and do God love you, Martin? You know, um, according to my standard, no. You know, because my standard is if he takes care of me and, you know, makes me better than somebody else and, you know, gives me what I want and all that stuff. So um, it's been difficult learning his standard. And um, I can see that um, my, my idea of love and his idea of, like, worlds apart, and, so you uh, don't know that he loves you then? Oh, you do know? In the sense that um, he, show me, he shows me myself without judgment in that uh, this conscience never really, this conscience that sees all my thoughts and sees all my feelings and all my judgments toward everybody and him and God, it, it, it never does anything but just show me. Yes or no? So, um, I, don't, I don't see the judgment from him. So, do you know words. if he loves you or not? So, based on that, um, yes, he does. So, you went all the way around and said yes? Do you know that God loves you? Yes. How do you know he loves you? Because I know within my own conscience that he loves me. Oh, you do? Yeah. Oh, okay. Let me tell you, you guys made me think about something that I had not thought about before. And thank you for that. Uh, like, and I'm not knocking anybody. All right, just know that. I'm just telling. I'm testifying about me. All right, only about me. So don't trip. Look at you guys waiting. Huh? <laughs> what is he about to say? I was like Christine, but I didn't know I was like Christine until today, until right now. I heard that God loved me, and I was running around saying God loved me. Because how do you? How do you not say he loves you? You call yourself a Christian, right? So <laughs> I was saying, yeah, God loves me. Well, how do you know God loves you? Oh, because he gave me a job. He gave me, you know, he take care of me. He, you know, gave me whatever. Uh, you know, I was just saying those things, right? But I did not know God loved me. I did not know it. Intellectually, I read it. I heard it as a, one of those other kind of Christians. You're supposed to say it. You know, how do a Christian say, no, God don't love me, right? <laughs> so I was saying God loved me, but I did not know that for sure. 
I know for sure now that he does love me. And the reason I know for sure is because he allowed me or caused me to be born again and to enter into the kingdom of heaven, gave me perfect peace, and direct my life. Not the things that he gives me, not the job that I you know, have or the friends I have, but the fact that I have peace, I have perfect peace, and he has guided my life. He allowed me to be born again. He allowed me to enter into this kingdom and live from that kingdom. That's how I know for sure he loved me. Because when I think of me, I wouldn't let me in. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I would not allow me to enter into this precious, perfect love that he has allowed me to enter in. And that's how I know he loved me. Because sometimes I think about how I used to be and what, you know, how right that was. I'm thinking, and then I see this other reality I'm living now, and I know he allowed me in. I'm thinking, how could you do something like that, you know, to somebody like me, and he let me in? That's how I know I love him. Because all the things you guys said, Donald Trump and all those guys are getting the same thing. Bill Clinton, they, they get a job, they get paid, they, you know, they breathe the same air and all that. But when you enter into the kingdom of heaven, you will then know that God loves you. You will know from the Spirit. But you must be born again. And yes, he does love us. Even in my not being for sure, even though I was saying yes, I knew it. Uh, even in my not being for sure, yes, he does love us. You know, he sent his son because he loved us. But I did not know that until he allowed me to be born again. You must be born again. Then you shall know. And you will see it's nothing like what you think your evidence is that he loves you. Even though everything you said, you know, he does take care of us. He did create this wonderful earth. You know, he did all those things. But that's not the real evidence that he loves you. It's just an evidence that there is a God. You know what I'm saying? But the real evidence is when you're born again. I'm a living witness to that. You must be born again. That, that makes sense a little bit? And it's called everything most people said, we read about it, heard about it, and talked about it. That it wasn't like from the depths of your heart that you can see it. But it is true what you said, but that's not the real evidence that he loved you. When you're born again, you will see it. And the way to be born again, you've got to be still and know him. God said that we have to renew our minds from within. Renew our minds from within. And the way you're renewed from within you got to stop looking from without for the answer. you got to be still and know him. Allow it to happen. He will reveal himself to you from within. All our education and everything that we are is, need to come from within. And once you do that, he will show you that he does love you. I want you to visit my website. Get a copy of my CD, Be Still and Know. Um, uh, it, it will call, it's a prayer CD that causes you to calm down so that God can catch up with you, cause you to repent, and be born again. You can't make yourself be born again. You just have to know you're not, and he will do the rest. We also have the seven guaranteed steps to spiritual family and financial success guide, where we'll, you, know, you can't fail if you follow those instructions. Uh, we need to tithe and offerings. We want to get more cameras so we can uh, pan the room so you can see the faces of some of these folks, some of the people that are testifying for you. Um, Visit, don't forget to listen to the radio show. We're on Monday through Friday from 6 a.m. to 9 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. 
uh, go to bondaction.org uh, for that information. And um, you can order a copy of this Sunday service webcast today. I'm reading that. You can order a copy of it, all right? Go to bond, church at bondinfo.org, right, Doc, Doc, for the order supplies? Church at bondinfo for the website. Oh, go to the website. Bond, what is Bond website? Bondinfo.org. Bond <laughs> Doug is shaking his head because this is not professional. But I don't even feel anything about it. It's all wrong with me, huh? Go to bondinfo.org. And uh, if you have questions, you want counseling, call our order line at bond, 800-411-BOND, 800-411-2663. You must be born again. And I'm learning so much because every Sunday, I learn how the mind tricks us, how we think we have it, how we think we know and we don't know. The mind is a terrible thing to save. <laughs> you need to get rid of the mind. And follow the spirit, the heart of God. You must be born again, folks. I'm telling you, you got to be born again. He does love us, but you don't know until you enter into that kingdom how much he really loves you. You must repent and be born again. Uh, don't forget to tune in to the radio show. And uh, I really appreciate you guys. Did this help a little bit today? Yes. Did it help? Is it like food for thought? Yes. Yeah. I really like when Christine said, I don't know for sure. And Jesus said, yeah, I know God loves me. But how do you say, I don't know for sure, even though you heard it, you've been taught it. And that's the problem with being taught. From day one, the moment you pop out of mama's womb, you're being taught. Say hi, how to walk. God, Jesus love me. Yes, I know. So you grow up thinking God love you. And he does, but you don't know it for yourself until you're born again. All right? We're out of time. I appreciate it. All right? For some reason, it takes me so long, they gave me a three-minute countdown. And now I ran out of information. <coughs> Who want to talk going out? Yes, John, you had your hand. Well, you see, we need to be born again. You it's abso absolutely, absolutely true. But another reason I know about God's love and that he loves me, I totally believe. Thank you, John. We're out of time. <laughs> Thank you, folks. <laughs> <laughs>